Hi, everyone. My name is Kate. And I'm Ashley. And you're listening to ArtWise. Hello, everyone. Welcome to ArtWise, where we talk to artists and other stuff, too. Hi, everyone. So today we have a guest. Her name is Ashley. So Ashley, do you want to go ahead and introduce yourself and maybe talk a little bit about what you do as an artist? Yeah, absolutely. Well, my name is Ashley. My business is Ashley Loren Art. And for my business, I am a landscape painter. So I usually, when I go on vacations or like hikes or stuff, I'll take lots of photos. And that's kind of how I get my inspiration for my paintings. So in my shop, my online shop, I sell my paintings, I do art prints, but then I also do painted products like earrings and candles and stuff. So basically, if I can paint on it, I will. (laughs) But today I'm going to be talking about with you kind of about how you can get involved in your local arts community. Cool. Okay, awesome. Well, I always have a... So during this podcast you'll notice. I usually will ask every guest the same first question and the same last question. And then the middle questions are like custom to the guest that's coming on. But the first question that I always ask everybody is like, how did you begin your art journey? Like, what's your origin story? What is like the story behind you becoming an an artist by trade? Yeah, I'm going to try and not have this too long winded. (laughs) But I mean, no, go ahead. We got an hour. Oh, we have time. Perfect. (laughs) Well, I mean, I'm sure this is the same for a lot of artists. You love art as a child. That's how I was. It was my favorite kind of activity to be involved in was art. Right now, I'm more of a painter. But growing up, I didn't paint I want to say at all. (laughs) I was more, I liked realism and kind of like drawing with graphite and stuff like that. So that's kind of how I've evolved. But when I graduated from high school, I did want to pursue art in college. I didn't know what that would look like though. So when I started college, I went to kind of a college that was close to me and they didn't have a great art program, but I wanted to be close to home. So probably don't do that. (laughs) But I just went in for studio art at the time. Um, As I went through that school for the first year, I realized it wasn't right for me. And I ended up transferring to a different school here in Springfield, Missouri, which is about three hours from where I'm from near Kansas City. And I wanted to get into their animation program, which I did after the first year there. But I had taken my first art history class in my second semester at the new school. And I found that I loved art history a whole lot more. And I was kind of realizing that with animation, while I wanted to jump into that because I saw it as me being able to be involved with art, but technology as well, which is going to, it's going to stay relevant over time, animation. But I didn't want to be on a computer all day. (laughs) 
So that's kind of what when I ended up switching to art history and I ended up yeah, getting my bachelor's in art history and graduating in 2019, literally right before the pandemic, like December 2019, which I'm very grateful for. But yeah, because I couldn't do online learning, it wouldn't have worked out. So I wanted to kind of pursue a museum field, which I mean, would be more me promoting other artists than myself which is also something I'm pretty passionate about is being involved in my community and teaching people about art. But, you know, 2020, a lot of us ended up being stuck at home. I was temporarily laid off from my job and I kind of took that opportunity to dive into my art practice and kind of experiment with things that I hadn't really gotten the opportunity to experiment with. Um, and that's kind of how I started landscape painting. I had been painting for a couple of years at that point, but I hadn't really done landscapes. I was doing more kind of collage, collages and like more symbolic kind of paintings. But I was kind of thinking about how I didn't know when the next time I'd be able to travel or kind of like go on adventures would be. So I would look at old photos and then paint those landscapes and things from those adventures I'd been on. And that's kind of what influenced where I'm at today was being able to have that time with myself to experience those, you know, new, I guess, painting, a new painting style for myself. Of course, it's been a couple of years since then. I did get a job in a history museum with kind of the experience I got at my university with art history and museum studies. But then I had left the museum earlier, or I guess at the end of last year to pursue my art full time. I had got kind of gotten the opportunity. My fiance was like, you should try it out of just pursuing your art full time. And it's something that I was thinking about all the time, kind of in those last few months at my job was how I want my art to kind of be my career and kind of to come full circle. I started with animation, animation, wanting that to be my art career. And now I am, have my art career with my paintings instead of that different path I was kind of focused on. But yeah, long story short, that's kind of where I'm at today, building my kind of landscape and nature painting based business. That's awesome. We actually kind of have similar backgrounds. That's crazy. I love that. Yeah. Like I definitely, especially when I was younger, still kind of to this day, I'm not a painter. People always get so shocked too when you tell them you're an artist and they're like, oh, can you paint me this? And I'm like, I'm not a painter. And they're like, <laughs> what? <laughs> oh my God. That's what an artist is. I thought, no. <laughs> Absolutely. I'm still not a painter. I didn't grow into it. Well, I, I'll paint for funsies, but I'm, I don't, I would never charge for a painting. Yeah. Of I'm not a painter. It's not my, if I developed a skill, then yeah, but it's no. I totally no. get it. If someone tells me to paint a person, they're in for a surprise because I will not paint a person. No portrait yeah. for me. I, I do pretty much mostly portraits and it's funny because I'll do like colored pencil drawings and people will be like what a beautiful painting and I'm like "Ah, no (laughs) it's not a painting (laughs) 
because <laughs> they do look like paintings. A lot of my colored pencil stuff looks like paintings. I just stopped doing it because it was, it's like I don't, I'm sick of explaining to people that it's not a painting. Well, that's not the reason. The reason yeah. is more digital is less messy and I don't have to put stuff away and it's like more convenient. Yeah, for sure. That is very true. Yeah, I need to. I've been telling myself too. I'm like, I need to start painting and doing traditional art again because it's like very meditative and there's more of a give to it and it doesn't give you a headache to look at like a screen all day. Mm-hmm. But maybe one day. Maybe I, one day. I believe in you. Definitely. But yeah, I had sort of the same experience recently. I, I recently quit my job and I had the whole, I did the whole. So I I didn't go to college. I did go to college. That's a lie. But I didn't go to school for art. I have an associate arts degree in general. It's just an associate in arts is what it is. It's just general education degree. I planned on finishing my bachelor's in something art related. But after I finished my AA, I was just kind of like, wow, that was too expensive. And, you know, I, I, I had already been working in as like a graphic designer professionally for a while. And I was just kind of like, wow, (laughs) I hate this. I don't want to get a degree in this. I don't want to keep doing this. So I just decided not to finish my degree. And I knew that I wanted to start my own business. And like for that, I was just kind of like, wow, I really don't need to get a bachelor's to start my own business. I can just do that. You know, I hired a business mentor, which was way cheaper than college. And (laughs) I feel like it it helped me a, a lot more than I feel like going to school for art would have. So that was my route instead. But yeah, I literally had like a very similar experience. So speaking of your business, I was just wondering if maybe you could talk about like some cool projects that you've worked on as an artist and like maybe just talk about like which projects you would recommend for which types of artists. Because like obviously as artists, I think I mean, you even said you started out in animation, decided, oh, I don't want to stare at a computer all the time, found out it wasn't for you and started doing some other things. So I was just wondering if maybe you could talk about like certain projects you've worked on and if you found that they were for you or not for you and like what you liked, what you didn't. Absolutely. So I guess this is more related to just my art journey as a whole. It has kind of helped in some aspects of my art business, but So let's see. Yeah, back in, let's go back to 2020 again, unfortunately. (laughs) But someone that I had met through a arts internship, actually, I actually interned for her. I don't know why I said it like that, but I interned for her at a local, the local arts council. And she was kind of seeing everything that was happening in the world and wanted to reach out to people of color to kind of develop more of a collective for artists of color in our community. So in that year, the summer of 2020, a bunch of people that I had never met before, and I don't know if I would have gotten the opportunity to cross paths with, they were visual artists, performing artists, like poets, stuff like that, just amazing people. We had created a art organization, or I guess a subsector of an art organization for to support and promote artists of color in our community that we didn't see were being promoted before. 
so that was a great project. We kind of were doing more like hands-on like art exhibits and networking with artists in our community for that year. It's still an organization, but we haven't been doing as much. We did have a show earlier this year, but that was a really amazing project to be on. I guess I would definitely recommend that for someone who like to be a part of an art organization or a collective for someone that wants to be more hands-on with their community and isn't scared of kind of talking to new people and maybe being told no or being given constructive criticism and things like that. But also I'd recommend it for someone who's very team oriented, but who likes to express their own ideas. So while it was to promote like the community and artists in our community, I also got the opportunity to promote and show people my art and kind of do some networking. So I really loved that project and I hope to kind of continue with that in the future. Let's see. I, I've done some live painting events, which have been really, yeah, exactly. (laughs) They're, They're really exciting. They, so for live painting, usually they want you to paint pretty large scale since not everyone is going to want to come up to you and like look at the tiny details you're doing. A lot of people that want to watch you paint in person kind of want to do it from a distance because they don't want to be interacted with, which is totally fine. It's like kind of a, can be a vulnerable experience on both ends. But something I like about that is also some of the events I've done, like a painting alongside other artists. Um, they're working on their own paintings, but then it's kind of an opportunity to make those connections as well. And I can tell people about my art and my art process while I'm doing it. Cause there are plenty of people that do want to come up and talk to me. And sometimes they even will ask me if I do, if I do commissions and I do do art commissions. And that's just like a great opportunity to tell people about what I do and my business. Let's see. I would definitely live painting. I'd recommend for people who are okay with working on a large scale, fast paced. I have done a two day live painting event which is still fast paced because they're larger scale paintings than what I would do at home. Or I've done events that are only a couple hours. So you kind of have to really plan ahead and decide how you're going to tackle painting this thing where it's going to look finished enough at the end where people can kind of interact with it. But I kind of mentioned this before. It can be kind of a vulnerable, vulnerable position to be in to paint in front of people. So you kind of have to be okay with putting yourself out there and having your, yeah, yeah it's, yeah. I mean, it's really we, fun though. We had a, on the podcast, season two, episode five, Leah Seaman. Uh, mm-hmm. sh- she's the owner of Artabella Gallery. She does a lot of live wedding paintings and she goes into detail because that's like her, I think that's her main source of income is the wow. wedding paintings. But yeah, she she does live wedding paintings and she went into like a lot of detail about what that's like. 
So if you guys are interested in doing stuff like that, that's another great episode to check out if you want to learn more about it. But yeah, it could never be me. I couldn't do that. I got offered a, I was going to, and I think I said it in the episode too, because at the time of recording that episode, the wedding hadn't happened yet, but yeah, I was going to do like a live painting for my cousin's wedding. And then at the last minute I was, because I was also supposed to be in the wedding too. Like I was a bridesmaid. Oh, wow. So I was like, you know what? No. And I'm so glad that I didn't because I also helped set up the venue too. And I was exhausted. I was like asleep by the time that the ceremony was over. I was sitting at the table just like barely awake. I was just like, man, if I had agreed to like paint this and also I don't know. So I know a lot of and you can you can talk about your experience with this too, because I don't know. I know a lot of live wedding painters are opt to like stand insanity absolutely bonkers (laughs) I don't know how you could do that because like that's like hours of stand in like I know like I've done mural paintings that's exhausting too but the live wedding paintings having people I don't know what makes me I mean I'm not a painter I think that's the main thing that oh yeah made me not want to do it is like I'm not a painter and you know color pencil takes forever well everything see it's interesting because if I could do a digital painting in front of people on like a giant like Wacom like thing then I would probably I would probably do that because I can do that pretty quick I'm like pretty fast at like digital art just because I've been doing it for so long as like my job Mm -hmm. (laughs) but as like an artist myself painting in front of people when you know I don't really like I know I'm gonna screw up and that's not really like I don't care if people see me screw up like that doesn't that's never really bothered me I did theater when I was younger so I like doing things in front of people has never really been an issue and I'm also not afraid to screw up because like everybody screws up but but it's just like I don't know I don't like the idea of having to stand for so long that's like the laziest thing I've ever said but it's true like that's that sounds exhausting and draining that's so and funny people come up behind you like yeah oh my gosh I I guess I don't think about it that way but yeah it's I well, do you stand yeah well okay so yes I'll stand for a lot of it but also I'll bring a chair or a stool. I'm not afraid to sit down. Sometimes I'll just sit on the ground and I'll just like paint. Yeah, I, I'm not really afraid for what people think while I'm painting. But that's a good thought, though. I do stand for a lot of it. Oh, that's one of my favorite things about being an artist is the fact that like, you can just use it. <laughs> you have like the artist card. Yeah. Like somebody goes, oh, why are you sitting down? Oh, I'm an artist. You don't even, it doesn't even have to be related to what you're doing. You could be in line at a theme park and they'd be like, why are you sitting on the floor? I'm an artist. Like that's all you have to say. That. And they, no one, usually they don't even have like a reply. They're just like. Perfect. They're like, oh, okay. Yeah, for sure. That's interesting. I like hearing about people's processes who do like the same type of work, but like do it in different ways. It's just very cool to me. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, I'd love to see some live digital art. That would be very cool. I feel like it's, I mean, I've never seen it done before, but I bet it has been at some sort of digital art conference. I don't know. (laughs) I don't know what exists, but. 
I'd love it. I mean, honestly, when I like, cause I've live streamed, which is similar and it, it's all online. So it doesn't yeah. really count, but it counts. I mean, it's, it's hard to do it. Yeah. So many events, especially since COVID are outside. So it's like, how are you supposed to lug a computer outside to, Oh man, <laughs> that sounds impossible. <laughs> Or at least like a monitor of some sort so you yeah. can like airplay your iPad drawing or something. Yeah. I don't know. That'd be cool. But I I've never see seen it, it done. Yeah. <laughs> if anyone knows that that's happened somewhere, let me know. Because I'm curious now if there's been like live event painters who do digital art. Like, I'd love cool. to know. Definitely. I'm, I can't wait to hear. <laughs> I... With you were talking about live, like live wedding painters. I mm-hmm. do, I have some friends that do that. I don't do that. And even me that has done live painting events, but I get to choose what I'm painting. It's like, I think I would be really scared to be painting someone's wedding. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That yeah. sounds horrifying. Oh my God. High pressure. I just, <laughs> I mean, it seems so cool. And I know there's money in it, but. That's not for me right now. So I guess you could, if you're thinking of things that you want to be involved in as an artist and like what projects, think about that for yourself. Because like here I'm just comparing two different live painting events and one of them's not for me. (laughs) So I guess you have to really know yourself when you're thinking of what projects you want to be involved in as an artist. Absolutely. Yeah. Could never be me. <laughs> I, I I would do, I mean, I used to do artist in action for like fundraisers when I was in high school because I was a president of National Art Honor Society and yeah. like by any means necessary, I did whatever it took to like make money to keep that club up and running. So I have done artist in action, but that's never serious. And also mm-hmm. like when you're in high school and like nothing really is like that serious, you just draw whatever you want and people can come and look and... Maybe they'll give you a dollar (laughs) in your little tip jar. (laughs) My high school didn't have anything like that. And I didn't even do art classes in high school because I did not like the art teacher. I think we only had one art teacher too. So, which was weird. At a big high school, we had like three art teachers. Man. But I had the same art teacher. Shouts out to Miss Smith. I'll send this to her. I've been trying to get her. You know, I need to email her because I haven't talked to her in a while. I try to keep in touch with her as much as possible. She actually like wanted me to come and like work as an art teacher for the school pretty recently. I think it was like last, not like this school year that just ended, but the one before. She like asked me to come be like a substitute teacher because one of their art teachers was taking like a sabbatical for the year because of COVID and they needed like a sub just for like one year, like the rest of the school year. And I didn't take it because it was paying less than the job that I had had. But a part of me kind of wishes that I would have done it because I just, I don't know, I think I would have enjoyed that more than like the job that I hated that I was at. And I've since left that job, so it's not like, you know, it was permanently, like, still tormenting me. But, yeah, no, art teacher, my art teacher was great. And I had had a big school. So I was very fortunate to, you know, have, like, such a supportive, creative community growing up. I hate hearing about artists who have to be like, yeah, no, we didn't even have art classes. We had, like, 
nothing not no art program at all or oh we had one art teacher and she sucked and she always made us draw a specific way and like wouldn't let us be creative and I hate hearing stories like that because it's like man like so many things probably deter like young artists from continuing and like that's the kind of thing that like would probably get someone to just quit altogether and it just makes me so sad because it's like oh damn like that sucks (laughs) can I tell you a story yeah okay go for it (laughs) about so my school I don't know my school wasn't super small but my high school growing up I did take one drawing class and that art teacher I didn't take any more art classes because (laughs) this kind of describes how he was but on our final exam there was like kind of you're identifying different paintings like the artist and the year and everything like that In one of the paintings on the final that he wanted us to label was his own painting. And it felt very weird (laughs) because it was like about art history. And he just threw himself in there as one of the final exam answers. So I don't know. That's kind of after that, I was like, "Mm, I don't feel like taking classes from him. He was like really, he was a weird guy. He was something else. It's giving those professors that are like, I know this is the textbook for the class, but this is my class. So instead of using this textbook, we're all going to purchase my book. It's $4,000. Yes. And it was written by me and it only has my ideas in it. It gives that. Same vibe. Same vibe. I had a professor like that, but I loved him. I thought he was great. Everyone (laughs) hated him too. I remember this one time. He was super late because like traffic was just really bad that day. There was like an accident or something. And like we all showed up and like he was like 20 minutes late to class. And people started to leave because like legally, if you show up, if your teacher is like that late, you can just leave and you can't get counted absent. This dude rolls in 30 minutes late. I was started to get up. I was about to leave. I'm not going to lie. I didn't want to be there anymore. She rolls in 30 minutes late and starts taking attendance. Like, yikes. (laughs) I liked him a lot, though. He was really funny. And I I found his lectures to be interesting. Like, I didn't find him boring, but everyone hated him. Thought he was so full of himself. And I was kind of at a point where I was like, well, he kind of like, it's valid. Like, he kind of deserves to be full of himself because... He's a smart guy. (laughs) Like, even though he's a little bit conceited, he's a smart guy. Yeah. That feels a little different, like, in a good way. But I totally get what you're saying. Yeah. He's definitely was an interesting man. That's for (laughs) sure. But professors usually are. You have to be, like, a certain type of person to teach college students. (laughs) I couldn't. (laughs) I couldn't do that. I would love to do that. I would totally be that teacher too. I'd be like, yeah, okay, my book's required. <laughs> no, yeah. I would never do that. That's, that's messed up. But I would definitely like, I don't know, I would use my art too. <laughs> oh, yeah. I mean, looking back at it, maybe I would. But also it felt really weird at the time because I thought we were learning about like famous artists. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to be famous one day. So I'm putting myself here to, it was his way of manifesting it. I guess so. If it, I mean, I haven't seen it work yet, but I hope it does for him. 
So a little bit earlier, we talked about, you know, getting more involved in like the local arts community. So I was just kind of curious, how would you recommend that a newer artist or even an artist who's been doing it for a while and like doesn't really know how, how would you recommend that they get involved in their own local arts community? Yeah, absolutely. So one of my greatest, I guess, connectors to a lot of the arts opportunities I've gotten here in my town have been from my involvement with the local arts council. I did intern there, but you don't have to intern at places like that to be involved. So I know a lot of places, even if you're in a small town, there might be a regional arts council around you. I would look into it at least how the one here works is that you can become like an artist member. Ours is only like $25 a year to be um, involved in all of these different galleries, different workshops. And it's a good opportunity to get your art out there and also be able to talk to the people involved on this art board that have all those connections already. So not only is that a good opportunity to just get your art in front of new eyes, but also it's a good networking opportunity, which I'm going to say I've said networking so much, but I feel like it's really important, whether it's like locally or on the internet these days, it's great. I think another good way for new or beginning artists to kind of get involved in their local arts is to go online and look for call for artists different gallery like gallery exhibits sometimes there's art contests even like job opportunities for calls for artists yeah get get your work art there it's kind of the same as that like getting involved with the arts council but of course these can be different organizations and then these galleries already have people that go to it that want to go there to either look at art buy art or even consider buying art in the future. Um, And even if you don't choose to submit your art to these different calls for artists, go to the events, go to the events and just kind of feel out the vibe, look at what people are creating or talk to the artists that are there. This one I would say is more so like if you're wanting to kind of build your business and you have this kind of extra time because this can take a lot of time but I've done some craft fairs in this past year sometimes well there's usually like a a fee like a booth fee those can be cheap or expensive depending on the event but that's like people will go to those events and you get so much foot traffic that your eyes are or eyes are right in front of your art yeah and then you can talk to other other people around you that are creators I think it's a great all of these are great opportunities to kind of get new ideas and just be able to interact with people in your community and kind of the last one that I want to mention is just participating in art classes or art workshops just like you can learn new things. Maybe you already kind of have some footing in your practice, but for me, I feel like I'm mostly self-taught with painting. So there can be something, some things 
that I learn in workshops or art classes that I never even occurred to me. Yeah, those are kind of my recommendations for new artists, especially to get involved in your local arts community. Yeah, I definitely, I am pretty guilty of not being at all involved in my local community. When I was in high school, it was really easy for me. And I, you know, I was president of National Art Honor Society for my high school for a few years. And I was really involved in that regard. But the second I graduated and started working as like a graphic designer, I stopped doing traditional art and I stopped going to events like that because I wasn't really invited anymore. I wasn't a student anymore. It was Mm -hmm. really felt hard for me to get involved as like an adult person. So that's kind of part of why I created the podcast. And I, you know, we have the podcast discord for networking. And like you said, online community is good too. And also I struggle with being around people in person. I don't know if you're familiar with human design (laughs) at all. Human design. It's like astrology, but it's for the body. It's very weird, but it kind of like, your human design determines like kind of like what type of aura you have and like how you take in energy. And I'm a projector. So being around lots of people is a lot for me. I get drained very quickly. So, but, you know, talking to people online while still draining, it's not nearly as bad. So I found that this works pretty well for me, but I am moving in July And I found out that I'm right across the street from this new ceramics place that does ceramics classes. And I'm like, ooh, I'm literally, I'm going to go, I'm going to take every class and I'm going to apply for a job there. Like, just like, because they they hire people part time and it doesn't pay like, you know, how they pay artists, you know, Mm -hmm. it's minimum wage. So... So I don't know. I just think it'd be fun though. That's what I'm like. I've switched to completely. I'm like, I don't care about money anymore. I'm only doing something if it's fun and like the money will follow. I don't care. If it's not fun, I'm not going to do it. <laughs> I, I kind of feel that's, oh my gosh. After, I mean, we're still kind of, we're in this pandemic, but just, I think after it started, I think a lot of us started to realize what we want for ourselves, which is kind of what was a catalyst for me to want to start my business. Like, what do I want? Like I'm life is like life is bleeding in a way. Yeah. Be happy. <laughs> Have fun. <laughs> That's exactly what happened to me too. The first year of the pandemic, I started to slowly cause like, I remember too, like when I was at my job before COVID, when we were still in the office and we were still going into the office and having to like interact with each other, you know, I was just excited to be there. I was 19 years old. You know, I was working for a huge company. You know, I was making stuff for for Nike, for Fanatics. I was yeah. doing like working on things for these bra- big, you know, name brands. And I just like felt like, oh, I've made it. You know, I this is exactly what I wanted to do. This was my goal. And then I realized like, especially because I I used to live about an hour outside of Tampa. So I would have to do like a really far drive in and out just to get to the office every day. And I had to do that. Like it wasn't optional. Like it was after COVID happened, but yeah, no, I remember like figuring out, oh my God, being in a room full of like 
300 people all sitting at desks next to each other all day is so exhausting for me. And then we started working from home and I was like, this is a lot better, but why do I still hate it? This is what I wanted. I wanted to work from home. I always wanted to work from home. I even like before COVID even happened, I told my boss, I was like, I need to just work from home. Cause I remember one time I got sick, I got like a cold or something. And I told my boss, I was like, Hey, I don't really want to get anyone sick. Can I work from home? And she was like, yeah, sure. And she was like, how did you manage to get like two weeks worth of work done in two days? And I was like, because you let me work from home and I wasn't yeah. like distracted and like dying. And like, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, and I was sick too. So yeah. like you imagine, like, it's just, it's crazy. So yeah, it's. I think COVID definitely really helped me figure out, oh, I'm not doing this because I like it. I was just doing this because I thought this was what I was supposed to do. And then especially through like social media and through community with other artists, I was yeah. like, oh man, these artists are working for themselves and yeah. they're surviving and they're paying their bills and like they just do whatever they want. That's what I want to do. And so I did. Yeah, <laughs> I quit definitely. my job. It did take the whole, the whole duration, almost the whole, dur- I guess we're still kind of in it, yeah. but it almost took the whole duration of the pandemic. It took a full two years before I finally in March of this year was like, okay, I'm just going to quit because they wanted us to go back to the office. And I was like, absolutely not. (laughs) But (laughs) I mean, our journeys kind of, our journeys, our expectations are what we think we deserve has just definitely kind of shifted, um, which is kind of awesome to see in ways. (laughs) Yeah. So that actually perfectly brings me to my next question, which is what are your secrets to successfully living off of your artwork? Do you have any tips for somebody who's trying to break that nine to five grind or their horrible job that they hate to become an artist? I would say before you take the leap, like this is this is just an honest kind of thing, but have some money saved up aside for startup costs. Well, yeah, startup costs, I mean, that can even just be for inventory and things like that. It doesn't have to be you having a physical storefront, but, and money just for rainy days, um, bills still exist. And it might just take a little bit. For me, I do have a part-time job on the side too. So that helps a little bit. So this is my, my art is my full-time and actually, I teach painting classes as my part-time job, too. So, I mean, I do art all the time. A couple of these things are just that are my advice are more just like believing in yourself a little bit. Because I think you need to be confident in yourself to understand that you can do this. It's going to be hard, but you can't compare yourself to others along the way. Definitely, you can see what others are doing for kind of inspiration and kind of like stepping stones to get where you want to be. But yeah, confidence, even though some days are going to be hard and sometimes you won't feel confident in what you're doing, you have to kind of take that kind of introspection sometimes. Some big keys for me in some of the parts that I find successful in my art, in my business, have been taking opportunities that I see will open new doors for me. And that can just be talking to the right people or like I found I found your podcast on TikTok. So like when I found your podcast on TikTok, I was like, I really would love to have a conversation with this person. And I feel like I have good 
experiences in my local arts community. I would love to share that with people. So yeah, when you see an opportunity, you think that is right for you, take that opportunity and don't second guess yourself too much on it before that opportunity is gone. And then another thing that's more to this day, (laughs) be active on social media. It can be hard sometimes, but you can get a lot of That's how people can see your stuff outside of just your neighborhood, your town, your city. Be active on social media. And that doesn't just mean posting. That means commenting and interacting with those other people that you are kind of inspired by, I would say. Wow. Yeah, you you basically read my mind. I feel like we're on the same wavelength. That's pretty much exactly what I tell people too so that's awesome and yeah like like you said I know a lot of artists I I you know I've been talking to artists in our discord server you're in the server yes (laughs) this is talking about it like it's like some fancy club it's open to everybody the link is on the podcast website so check it out (laughs) if you haven't but yeah I've been talking to artists in the podcast server we do like fun little game nights and stuff like that. And so I've gotten a chance to like hop on calls with so many of these artists. And most of them are like, yeah, I don't post on TikTok. And I'm like, I get so shocked too, because these artists are sharing their art in the Discord server. And I'm like, you're not sharing this? What are you doing with it? Just hoarding it away in a dark closet? Because like, they're good. Like, they're so like, incredibly like, skilled yeah and it's just like you don't put well I never gets traction I'm like well yeah I've been posting every day since 2019 and I just recently started to get the teeniest bit of traction to bring me just the right people for my podcast yeah but like that's (laughs) literally it like it's not like Rome wasn't built in a day, guys. Like, Rome wasn't built in a day. You don't have to post every day. Don't feel like you have to force yourself to post because if you post stuff that you're not proud of, that's what's going to blow up and then you're going to get mad because it's happened to me a couple of times where I'm like, oh, just a stupid little video of me, like, making fun of myself. I don't know if you saw it. I posted on TikTok the other day talking about – because there's, like, a filter on TikTok that's, like, superlatives. Yeah. And I posted a video and I was like – Well, in middle school, I got the art superlative, but my senior year of high school, I lost to some athlete who had more friends than me. So let's see. And it like gave me like the most creative. And I was like laughing at myself and I was like, it's good. It's accurate. And like that video has like 4,000 views. And I'm like, okay, but when I talk about my podcast, it gets like 200 views and like 20 likes. (laughs) Man, the algorithm is something yeah it's hard to deal with the algorithm but some some days like it's good to just ignore it and do what feels right (laughs) yeah or even at least like comment on other artists posts and stuff because even if you only have like a handful of posts like first of all your social media should never be completely empty. Even if you don't post frequently commenting on other people's posts. And like you said, like you yeah. found my podcast there. I'm sh- I mean, I don't know if there are other art podcasts, to be honest. The reason I made this podcast is because I saw like a hole in the podcast yeah. community because I love listening to podcasts yeah. and I spent years looking for the perfect art podcast and like never found it. Yeah. And so one day I was just like, 
I'll just, I'll just make it. And I asked my friend Diane, who co-hosted season one, I was like, you want to make an art podcast? Because there's no good ones. And she was like, oh, yeah, there is no good ones. We should just make it. And that's like how we we started making it. But, you know, I'm sure there's more somewhere. It's crazy because I, I still have been that. hunting down other art podcasts to see if I could do collaborations with people. And they, I just haven't found any that are doing like what I'm doing. And I'm like, I guess that's good. But also like, yeah. Is is it really like I don't know? I'm like ah, it's kind of strange to me that no one's interviewing artists. Like, there's yeah. a couple art history podcasts, but like no one's sitting down with like all of these amazing people and just letting them share their story. And I'm like, I can't, I can't have been the first person to come up with this. I for I don't sure. Know, if if anyone knows <laughs> of a good art podcast for me to collab with. Let me know because yeah. I'm still searching. It's been four years that I've started looking, can't find anything. So let me know. <laughs> but yeah, I totally, completely agree with everything that you said. That's, yeah. So in in the application that you sent in to be on the podcast, which by the way, guys, open applications on the website <laughs> quit slacking do it do it <laughs> she just she just said it's what you gotta do just get yourself out of it. i'm fun to talk to i'm not scary or mean people come on the podcast sometimes <laughs> and they're like i'm so nervous i'm so nervous i have 10 pages of notes and i'm like okay it's not that serious <laughs> <laughs> i'm not scary just do it but Oh yeah, what I was talking about. In your application, yeah. you mentioned like how important it is for artists to support each other, which of course I agree. So what would you say to someone who argues that artists should be competitive with each other instead of supporting one another? How would you combat that argument? Because I hear it all the time. <laughs> you know, honestly, I feel like it's way too draining to your psyche to be have that kind of thought of trying to be competitive with every artist. Like, I think there was a trending sound on TikTok like a while ago that was kind of saying like, oh, someone's already done it. I can't do it kind of thing. Yeah, people are probably going to make art. Like there's plenty of people that do landscape paintings, but like I think mine are unique because I like to really make make the colors nice and bold and a little bit more abstract. And it's okay. Like I see other people doing it making landscape paintings and like painted products and I want to cheer them on instead of be competitive with them and what I would kind of say to people that want to see art and having an art business as a competition is that you really can't learn from people or make those connections if you see everyone as competition because this is a space that you want to have a community you want to have an arts community and if you have those conversations, maybe that person that you would have seen as competition in the past, they might have an opportunity that comes their way and they don't see it as a good fit for them and they recommend you. I've seen that. Exactly. Before. Yeah, I've seen that before. I think some of my opportunities have happened because of that, because of the collaboration. And also, if you're competitive, you can't really seek out that education from them if you're seeing them as an adversary. Like, it's good to ask questions to people that are in a different stage and doing similar things to you because they might have advice on how you can get to the place that they're at. Um, 
some people might be not might not be willing to give that advice, but I've found that a lot of people are willing to give you advice because they want to see other artists succeed like they have. Yeah, you just need to be be more open. We we want a community not to be competitive with each other. Yeah, if I if I could just weigh in. Yeah. A little bit exactly what you said has happened to me because of this podcast. Yeah. Not the exact same thing. Kimmy, whose episode, by the time this episode comes out, it will have already came out. But at the time that we're recording this, which is in June, it has not been released yet. But I, I recorded a podcast episode with her. I, you know, expressed during the episode, I said, wow, what you're doing is really awesome. I would love to get involved in some similar projects. And pretty recently here, she was too busy. She had a really tight deadline on a different project. And she basically just was like, hey, are you free to do a rush job? Because this guy needs stuff like this weekend, yeah. like now he's willing to pay you more. And I don't have time because I'm already working on a different rush job. So I can't do them both. Would you want to take it? And I was like, absolutely. And I got one of like, literally one of the best clients I've ever had. I'll just leave it at that because I don't I don't know I don't yeah. know how much they're wanting me to say but like literally what like one of the best like easiest to work with clients I've ever had just has no absolutely no problem paying in full and upfront which is something I'm not used to I'm used to having to like pry deposits out of people's cold <laughs> dead hands but yeah I definitely like that story in and of itself should should make it clear like not viewing other artists as competition is more to your benefit than anything else. Because if you view them as competition, you're not getting, you know, those opportunities from them. And it's not as like, if you're stepping on them to get those opportunities, it was literally just something that, you know, obviously as an artist too, if I am offered a project that I can't work on, like pretty recently, one of my friends was like, Hey, you know, I'm a maid of honor in a wedding. Can you do the wedding painting? And I said, absolutely not. Here's yeah. Leah. Leah's great. She'll do it. Yeah. <laughs> Refer yeah. to her straight from the podcast. So, you know, <laughs> yeah, same thing. <laughs> exactly. I love it. Yeah. Uh, so that, oh, actually, perfect. Next question <laughs> is like, what what opportunities have you gotten from getting involved in the art community and networking with other artists. So do you think that you would have been able to come across those same opportunities had you not been involved in, you know, your art community that you've been so involved in? Awesome. Yeah, great segue. Well, I think actually this first one I'm going to mention is kind of fell into my lap per se because, yeah, it was an opportunity someone else did not want to take on. And I was like, well, that is a good fit for me. <laughs> so in, let's see, yeah, the beginning of 2021, I had one of my paintings on the cover of a magazine, a local Springfield magazine, which is actually, it's a business magazine, but during like once a year, they feature art on the cover. So I got that opportunity because of the connections I made with my the arts council I involved on involved in and that artist collective I was talking about at the beginning. They were kind of in our group chat talking about this thing. I said, "Well, I'm interested. I would like to kind of get my artwork out there and it was a great opportunity. I love being able to talk about it cuz I'm kind of 
I'm proud of that. <laughs> and I don't think I would have gotten that opportunity if I didn't make those connections with my arts council. Also, those live painting events I was kind of talking about, some of those have been, I've been asked through people I've met who know other people that are wanting to put on live painting events. I think, like, it's possible I would have found those opportunities if I was looking for them, kind of online, on Facebook, anything like that, but I'm not sure if I would have gotten the chance in the same way. Uh, let's see. Yeah, and then once again, the, the artist collective I've been a part of. That was because I I got involved in that because I interned at my local arts council because I kind of had met the right people. Yeah, talk to people to get, I mean, this can even be online. Like I'm talking a lot about people I've met in person over the past few years or so, but I mean, all of these things, these opportunities can come your way even in an online arts community, I feel. So I feel very privileged to have made connections to kind of move me along. And I think you guys can too. That's awesome. See, I just, I love hearing stories like that. Those are my favorite ever is like just... I've had, it's crazy too. I feel like we've had like a lot of really similar experiences because I've also had work published on the cover of a magazine from a community I was involved in. It's insanity. National Art Education Association magazine, April, May issue of 2017. That's my draft. Amazing. (laughs) Yeah. They only picked it because the colors that I drew the giraffe in matched their logo, like, exactly. And that was the only reason they picked it, but I don't care. And they wrote, like, a little biography about me at the bottom. There was, like, a little picture of, like, chubby little 17-year-old me, just, like. (laughs) But, yeah, no, it's it's crazy what, like, community can do. It's it's really, really amazing. I love to see it. (laughs) Yes, me too. I've. I want to see that draft now. <laughs> if you Google my name, it's one of the first things that comes up. Oh, I love it. Okay. I'll do that right after this. <laughs> so we're nearing an hour. So I know I have a couple of questions left, but I'm going to skip to the last one because we're almost out of time. But we can always do a part two later if you're up for it. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm, I'm, I'm totally up for it. This has been a lot of fun. Yeah, for sure. So this is the last question. I always ask everybody, so it must be asked. And it's, what advice would you give your younger self regarding your art career? Is there anything that you like needed to hear as a young artist that you didn't quite get to hear that you would tell yourself if you could go back in time? Yeah, I mean, like, there's a couple of different things. At the very beginning, when I was kind of talking about my art journey, I was talking about how I would like I started with just drawing and I would draw in graphite and I was really intimidated by colors. That's part of like my boundary is I didn't want to work in colors because I thought there were a lot of rules. I don't think there necessarily are rules that you need to follow to do art. They, you don't really have to have this gate up for you to make art. So I would tell myself that to not be afraid of color. <laughs> I would tell my younger self, If you don't try, then you'll never know if you'll succeed. And then also, 
I was super shy as a child and I, I'm kind of shy now too, but I had like the worst stage fright ever, but now I teach art classes and I've been teaching art classes for like two years now. So I, this is more of like telling myself, Hey, you used to have stage fright and now you're a teacher. So <laughs> it's kind of a fun journey to look back on something that was really scary for you and see how that has changed. Yeah, no, definitely. I, I don't know if I said this either, but my side job is also teaching art. I feel, oh, we are literally mirroring each other right now. It's kind of creepy. I love it. (laughs) (laughs) I teach little kids though. (laughs) I used to, now I teach adults, but I like I like teaching little kids because they crack me up, but sometimes I'm like, oh, I I wish I could like teach adults too. Maybe that's like a future goal for me. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that is so awesome. Is there anything else that you wanted to add before we get into the self promo? <laughs> I don't think so. I think I gave you my answers for my, or yeah, answered the questions that I wanted to answer for now. <laughs> All right. Awesome. Go ahead, Ashley. Plug your stuff. Anything that you want people to know about at all whatsoever, how people can support you, how they can contact you, ask you questions. What have you? The floor is yours. Self-promo time. Yeah. So my website is Ashley Loren. That's A-S-H-L-E-Y-L-A-R-E-N dot com. I sell original paintings, my art prints. I also paint clay earrings, candles. I have journals. I have a lot of stuff on my online shop. So go check it out. You can find me on Instagram, TikTok, Twitter, Facebook. I think that's all the ones I'm on at Ashley Loren Art. And also I wanted to offer like a little discount for all the ArtWise podcast listeners. If you find anything in my shop, use code ArtWise15 for 15% off. Go do it. I love that. (laughs) Oh, that's so nice. (laughs) Oh, and you can always DM me on any of those social medias too. Yeah, that's how you can reach me. All right. Well, thank you so much, Ashley, for coming on. This was a great episode. (laughs) Thank you for having me. This was fun. Yeah, so much fun. We'll probably be doing a part two. I usually try to do a part two with people who I didn't get to all their questions. So I I will definitely be be (laughs) in touch with you for a part two. But yeah, thanks again, Ashley. And for everyone who's listening, be sure to check out our Discord. Tell a friend about us if you have any creative art friends. It really helps us out. And yeah, five stars, Apple Podcasts and Spotify also really helps us out. But yeah, thank you guys so much for listening. And thank you again, Ashley, for coming on. It was an awesome episode. And I will see all of you guys next Tuesday. Bye, Bye. everyone.